cats and kittens. Welcome back to Drive Through HR, now with a fresh lemon scent. Um, on Thursdays, we do tech. That's how things work. And joining me across the virtual table, I'm very excited, uh, is a former colleague and current friend, uh, longtime friend um, of, uh, of both the show and your host, um, is Rayanne Thorne-Kruger. Rayanne, how the heck are you? Hey, Dwayne. I'm great. How are you? I am uh, well, I'm good now. I mean, always good, but it's nice to, uh, it's always nicer to talk to a friend. Um, so, so we're going to, we're going to, for those of you who tune in for all the tech stuff, we're going to get into some interesting discussions today. Um, so for anyone who's not familiar, uh, Rayanne and I, uh, spent a good amount of time as colleagues at Dovetail Software, uh, where she was our VP of marketing. And, and we both have pretty strong feelings when it comes to, uh, HR practitioners, and working with vendors. So I'm going to, I'm going to give my little spiel up front and, uh, and then you can give yours and then we can kind of dive into it. So I'm a big believer in, in uh, HR vendors, especially that bring in HR practitioners to be part of their team. Um, When I, when I get into these discussions about, you know, what's wrong with HR tech, which I think is kind of a a nonsense discussion to have anyway, but um, my response usually that is like too much tech and not enough HR. And, and there's a, there's a desperate need for people who understand the practitioner's world and their role when we're building out software, as far as what's, what's feasible, what's reasonable and what's valuable. Remember values defined by the customer, right? Um, so having those customers involved in your, your design discussions, your integration discussions and, and your vision, uh, I think is a huge help to vendors. And I think you can absolutely tell by looking at the product when they don't have it. So that's my right. feel. Ryan, well, what do you think? Goes, yeah, I think, I think I can take it even further and say that HR technology companies need to hire practitioners to work internally, um, either former practitioners or, or folks that can be a part of um, a user group or, um, you know, a, 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 as much as you and I don't, really believe in boards, you know, um, <laughs> a board of directors. Um, it is important to get that feedback from practitioners that ha- are actually even still working in the space as, as an HR practitioner or um, generalists that are recruiters or employee engagement practitioners, all of those folks that have HR titles um, coming to work for a vendor gives an HR technology vendor a little bit more credibility that they know what they're talking about. Um, And I can speak from a a treasure trove of experience working for um, multiple vendors over the last 15 plus years, technology companies, when they didn't have, when I was the only HR, former HR practitioner on staff, um, they had a really hard time listening to me when I would come back at them with, you know, you really need to <laughs> consider uh, <laughs> HR and whether the human resources department is going to use this or want this functionality or, or even need this functionality or care about this functionality because I, d- I don't think you're considering the practitioner as you've gone about developing your product. And it's, it's an interesting place to be when you join an organization that has not considered the voice of, of HR when they've been developing their product. So, um, so that's, that's, go right ahead. 
Oh, I was gonna say, so I actually have to have to stop for a second because I was so excited to to get to spend time talking to you and about the topic. I completely blew past the introduction part of the show. Um, so so hold that thought for a second. Let's let's back up a little bit. So sure. so for the sure. I don't know four maybe five people on the planet now who who don't know Rayanne, um, why don't you give them a little overview? Um, who you are, what you do, and then your bona fides when sure. it comes to HR history and, and your place in the HR tech world over the last okay. few years. So I, I come from uh, an area where, where most people come from to HR and recruiting. I, I fell into it from mm-hmm. a, a weird place. I um, worked in the dental fields for a number of years and um, found myself in a place that many um, women do that have children. Um, my husband and I were separating, and I needed to find a, a better job that would support my family. So I kind of fell into recruiting and a- answered, uh, interestingly enough, a handwritten note that was um, pinned onto a bulletin board at the local college where I was attending night classes. And I, I called them up and said, hey, I already have two jobs. Can I, can I take on a third? And they said, sure. And, and um, I learned the practice of a executive recruiting in healthcare specific. And my experience having been at work in the dental field and having um, a somewhat of a medical background, understanding medical terminology because of my, my, um, my time in the dental field, benefited me a great deal. And I excelled in um, healthcare recruiting. And within uh, a year, my a managing director came to me and said, I want you to quit your other job and come and work for me full time. I will make sure that you make enough money to support your family. And, and he did. And I um, excelled at it. And after five or six years, felt like I was um, ready to, to move internally. And I, I went and became the um, head of recruiting and retention, which is an interesting balance uh, during a time when many recruiters, especially um, third party and executive recruiting, did not feel it was their responsibility to think about retention. They just wanted mm-hmm. to get a butt in a seat and get a fee in their hand and uh, did not consider um, retention as important. And, and I came to it with an understanding that this person is going to be working in the cubicle or in the hallway down from me. And mm-hmm. I need to make sure they stay. And so my recruiting practice evolved considerably when I first went to work for a um, an incubator of technology companies many, many years ago. And that's where I fell in love with tech. So um, from there, I uh, became another recruiter for software sales. And my recruiting and um, HR practice grew from there. And, and then I went in-house uh, to the dark side as we, we like to call it, um, when you're a former practitioner that goes to HR technology. Um, and I was lucky enough to join uh, Broadbean Technology um, about 10, yeah, 10 years ago exactly and have been in HR tech since. I'm working for a number of different companies that include um, Evenbase and Technomedia, um, a small startup out of New York, um, done strategy for Talent Browser or Datascavi, as they are now, known now, and um, worked my last in, inside gig, <laughs> inside evil gig was with uh, Dovetail Software, working alongside mm-hmm. Hugh Dwayne, where um, we got to know each other better and um, uh, really enjoyed my time there. And um, a year ago, I launched my own digital media company, um, 
focusing on employer branding and um, recruiting as well as uh, sales and advertising strategy for uh, organizations inside human resources and HR tech as well as um, outside. So I've, I'm doing a lot of uh, work for smaller startup companies, and which is an area that I love. And so I'm, I'm part of the uh, rat race, if you will, of entrepreneurs. <laughs> so it, it, it sounds like, at the very least, you've had some great coworkers, um, specifically at Dovetail. Yes. So when we we, uh, we we look and we Amazing think of Amazing coworkers. <laughs> when we look and we think of of you know practitioner experience and 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 those of us who have lived out in the trenches and then moved into into the tech area, uh, to the dark side, as you said it, um, which yeah. is not a which is not a Rayanism, by the way. Like that's <laughs> anybody who's made this move has has called it that exact yeah. same thing, whether they whether they've talked to each other or not. Um, so, so when you first made that move, uh, and when you, when you came into the tech side, did you feel like as a, as, as a practitioner, um, that your, your advice and your guidance was, was readily accepted and taken seriously? Or do you feel like it's something that, you know, even if you have the experience as the, as the end user of technology, like, it, is it still an uphill battle to get that voice yeah. heard? Yeah, I, I, um, you know, I was lucky enough my first uh, venture into HR tech was with um, recruiting technology company Broadbean, and their founder, Kelly Robinson, was a, a practitioner himself. You know, he, he founded the company based on his own experience as a recruiter and what he think, thought was an, uh, a necessary next step, next evolution of um, third-party recruiting. And, of course, he created a product that was amazing and caught the attention of the world and, and grew and was acquired eventually by Career Builder. Um, and they're part of the Career Builder family today. And, um, you know, it, there I felt like I had more of a voice than the subsequent companies that I went to where I thought, okay, they're going to listen to me now. Um, I have this incredible, great experience at, um, at uh, Broadbean as well as my, you know, 10 years as a recruiter and a um, working in corporate services and HR for for several different companies, and um, it, it's a constant battle to, and I, that's unfortunate because I feel like we, Dwayne, um, you come from a very similar background as I do, um, that we have that experience having been a pr- practitioner to know and understand the voice of um, human resources and recruiting and employment branding and employee engagement, all of these you know, new terms in the last 10 years that, that have become part of that HR family. And um, I, I really think that it's very important for tech companies out there that are looking to expand and grow in the human resources and recruiting space, um, they, they need to have people on staff that have that experience. And, and, they, and more importantly than having them on staff is to value um, their voice and hear what they're saying. So, so why does it make a difference when you think about the, the time that you spent in technology companies, regardless of the role, um, why does it make a difference? What kind of impact can a practitioner have on the direction of, a, of an HR tech uh, company? Well, um, you know, we're a little bit more in tune with um, if we will use it, right? <laughs> if it makes my problems harder or if it gives me more problems, I'm going to find something else to use. So, um, you know, having that practicality attached to um, a, a piece of software or a tool or a solution, whatever your organization calls it, um, if, if you are not thinking 
in the practical sense of will the HR department use this? Will this third-party um, recruiting firm actually use this product? If you aren't thinking about that, you, you can't go to the next step. You can't go to the next step of expanding functionality of um, improving or expanding it, of um, adding new um, new areas, whether you want to expand out from recruiting to, um, you know, employer branding or internally, um, you know, onboarding into employee engagement. If you, are, if you are not listening to a person that would potentially use this product, then you're missing out on um, a viewpoint that's like the most important viewpoint out there. That's, that's not listening to your customer. And I can't imagine any any product out there that's for sale, whether it's a, a service, an actual product, or um, you know, if you're distributing something, if you're not listening to the end user or the end customer, uh, you're, you're missing out on an opportunity to actually uh, uh, profit, to find success uh, mm-hmm. within your organization. And, and so you know, the value there is, is really making that sincere choice to listen to a voice um, that is uh, valid. And, and adding value to that voice. So, so you spent a lot of time working on the the marketing side of HR tech. Um, in fact, that's for for anybody who's like, yeah, the name sounds familiar. I will tell you, I still remember <laughs> the first time we met. That was the uh, the pirate ship year. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> of what you put together with Broadbean and tech. So. Um, yeah. And 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 we've done a lot of fun stuff at at tech and at different shows, and and I think we've had some right. some kind of. Um, interesting approaches to how we got people's attention. But in, in all of the time that you've spent at the shows, in the booth, talking to people uh, in, in whatever role with different companies, um, ha- have you ever felt like as you're talking to people that there was more um, credibility to, to the organization uh, or to their ideas because there was practitioner experience on the team? Or is that something that even comes up when you're, when you're there doing marketing work? No, ab- absolutely. And, um, you know, I've, I've even been asked on the floor, how do you know so much about recruiting? Um, because I, I started in how I even got a gig in marketing um, is because I was an avid blogger. And I was writing so much about recruiting, about my experiences as a recruiter, about my experiences as um, in employee engagement. How, do I, how did I hang on to those employees? that I fought so hard to, to get into a seat at my organization. And um, people came to me and asked, how, how do you know so much? And to turn around and tell them, well, I, I was in your shoes. You know, I, I did what you did. And um, several of the organizations I've worth, worked with had former practitioners in place. Um, the one that stands out most, of course, is Dovetail. You, know, have you having been a practitioner, we had a salesperson that was a practitioner and um, also a head of strategy that was a practitioner. And so when we would come together in those strategy sessions as an HR technology company, it gave more validity to um, what you and I would be discussing because we had that experience, because we knew mm-hmm. um, the customer voice, because we were more in tune to it, because we cared more about it, um, because we didn't want the customer to walk away and say, you're not helping me. I need you to help me. I need you to listen to me. I I need you to, you know, and I've been with you on customer visits and sat down with a client in front of us that has said and looked you in the face, Dwayne, I need this. And you've responded with, I totally get why you need that. I understand Mm -hmm. why you need that. 
we're going to take it back to the team and we're going to discuss and we're going to tweak and we're going to fix. And um, if you don't have that experience, if you don't care about the customer voice, then, then what does it matter if you're, you're sitting across the, from your, your CTO and mm-hmm. um, telling him this is what the customer wants, if he doesn't believe that you know what the customer wants? So one of the hardest things is getting that person, you know, the person that's in charge of tech and having them wrap their head around. We want them to use it. Yeah, but it's great the way it is. No, no, no. We want them to use it. Right? <laughs> no, we want them to there... use it. And you know what? When they use it, it needs to work. It, it really yeah. needs to work. So. There is, I, I have been in so many conversations. So, so um, from my background, for everybody who doesn't know it, yeah, I, I was a practitioner before I moved uh, to working in the, in the tech space. Um, before that, in some previous lives, um, I still work with technology. I work with software. I did functional design work. I did, you know, like end user design work, working with, with software that was still under development. And I can't tell you how many times some of the discussions that came back were, um, well, here's, here's what I'm here's what I'm doing with this, you know, piece of data or this field or this feature. And I'd really like to be able to tweak that to do something else or do something more with it. And the response comes back, oh, that's not what we designed that for, though. We intended that to be used for something totally different. And uh... again, from the user side, it's like, <laughs> well, that's interesting what you had in mind. However, what I'm actually using it for is this. So like, that's cool that you had something in mind. However, what I really need, you know, um, you know, I, I get that what you thought you were handing me was a credit card. Turns out what I really needed was an ice scraper and it's working great. It just needs a handle on the end. Uh, yeah. Can you so, put a handle on it, please? Yeah. Yeah. And That's so a great, it's a, you know, great analogy. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Well, you know, I, I used to work with a marketing VP that, uh, you know, taught me how to do oh, all that there stuff. You go. <laughs> so, um, I seem to remember Don't a conversation about hammers and hard hats and training and, and those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's it's so important for us to, um, for those of us that have that voice, that have that voice of experience, to just keep pounding at that and, and making yeah. sure that the developers and, and the folks that are working in customer support really understand that the voice of the customer is is more important than anything else. You know, and, and one of the things that I brought to my marketing practice was that integrity behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I cannot lie about what our product does. I cannot lie ab- about what, what we ho- hope to achieve, what we're going to give to you. I can't, I can't do that because I was in that sh- those shoes, right? I was in those mm-hmm. shoes as a practitioner trying new things and, and hoping that whatever I was using was going to help me to do my job better, easier, faster, right? And, and if your product doesn't do that, it doesn't, if it doesn't ease um, any processes for for your mm-hmm. customer, you're in trouble right. because they're right. not they're not going to use it. They're going to stop using it. They're going to talk bad about it, um, you know. And and they're going to obviously they won't pay you, you know. And a really important part of a tech company is is getting paid sure. and having customers sign up again, right, to to use the product for another year. Or so, well, it's the uh, I always joke about that. You know, some people work for money. I work for love for my love of money. Um, and so that's, you know, that's how the vendor world works. Um, so, that's, so let's that's think true. about, so, so we've talked about kind of, you know, the value the practitioner has to the vendor side. Um, let's look at the other side of it though. Like what does that do for a practitioner's career? So if you, if you're an HR director or an HR manager out there, or even a business partner, generalist, whatever, 
Um, and, and you get the opportunity to go to the dark side for a while and do some vendor work. Um, what does that do for their career? What have you seen for people who have made that leap and then come back to the HR practitioner side? Well, you know, they, they come back with a, a gained knowledge set, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they've got a new skill set of how to um, talk, talk tech with um, the vendors that are out there and really have a, a better understanding of what technology can do for the organization. Um, one of the things that I always ran into, and you probably have too, is um, when, when I'm trying to sell or to promote um, a particular product or, or company service, um, I will get the, the response that says, hey, um, no one ever gets fired for using Google or for mm-hmm, signing up for mm-hmm. Amazon or for signing up for Microsoft, right? But if right. I sign up for a company that's a smaller name, um, maybe we're not sure about its functionality, whether it's going to – I could get fired for that, right? right? So, so we really – I mean, we're, we're walking a fine line when we're trying to convince um, a user, a new user, to come along and try something new that's outside of their scope – that they're unfamiliar with, that they have to go back to the, the C-suite and say, hey, I want to spend this much money, and this is what it's going to do for us. And if, and if we don't deliver as the vendor, then we, we are the ones that have put that black mark on that um, practitioner who has gone to bat for us to, to get, mm-hmm. a, you know, get us a paycheck. Yeah. So it really is important for, for vendors to consider that, that – you know, you could be making or breaking somebody's career as a, as a practitioner, whether they choose to, to use your product or listen to you or promote it or share it, you know, go back to their, if they're, if they're a generalist, go back to their VP and say, hey, I know about this product. I learned about it at a conference. You should call them up. And if it turns out that it's not a great thing, if marketing lied, which <laughs> marketing is want to do, um, then that VP looks less you know, looks down upon that generalist who was mm-hmm. the voice of, you know, hey, try it, try it, try it, try it. And so we, we really have a, a big responsibility in, in helping human resources and, and the folks that work there um, to, to improve, their, improve their work, improve their lives. And that's how I've always viewed whatever my product is that I'm promoting or service that I'm promoting, it has to help the end user. It has to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like saying um, when you talk about the basics of what employer branding is, it's all about being truthful about um, pushing out information about what it's like to work for that organization. If you lie about it, you think people aren't going to find out about it when they come and work for you? Right. They're not going to find out what the truth is behind that employer. The same thing holds true for um, using a product. Uh, you can you can say all kinds of wonderful things, you know, that it, that it smells like roses and it We'll tuck your kids in at night, but in the end, if you know if it has a bad smell and your kids are screaming all night, uh, that doesn't help the user. So right, we have, right. We have to be truthful. As marketers, I've always found that it's um, really important for me to be honest and truthful about what the product does. And being having been a practitioner, I can turn around and talk to my team and say, "Look, I'm, we we can't. I can't say that about it because it's mm-hmm. not true, and you need to fix it." Mm-hmm. So for the practitioners that are listening that 
look at the vendor world and say, my gosh, that looks like fun. You get to go to all the conferences. You get to go <laughs> to so many amazing places. It's basically a party all the time, which those of us who have lived in the world know is not the case. Um, yeah. But for those folks that are listening, because we know we have a lot of them, um, put your recruiter hat back on for a second. Okay. If you have someone that comes to you and says, you know, I've, I've, I've worked on the HR side, I've got 10 years of experience, and, and, and I want to do something new, I want to expand out, and I really want to get into the vendor space because I feel like it's going to be a, a good growth opportunity. How do they prepare? What are, let's say, three skills or, or experiences they can go gather up that will prepare them for that transition? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Thank you. Um, I, I think most importantly is to, like, uh, there's so much information. You can self-educate yourself today. Um, follow blogs. Listen to podcasts like Drive Through HR. Um, uh, uh, contact your friends that work for vendors and say and ask them those questions. What what should I do to prepare? Um, we all know somebody that that works um, on the opposite side of us. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny that I. When I said that, all of a sudden I thought of um, attorneys, you know, a, a prosecutor and a defender, right? Mm-hmm. Because that, that's kind of where you are, you're going against each other, but you, somewhere in the middle is the truth and there's justice. And right. so um, I, would, I would reach out to other people you know that are, are working in the space and say, you know, what are, what are key things that I need to know about working for a, a software company? Um, the other thing would be to um, – Look really heavily into the company that you're interested in. Check out what um, is being said about them in, on Glassdoor. Uh, find mm. out if they have practitioners working for them or if they have a board of directors that are practitioners that are giving them advice and, and helping guide them on their, um, the development, further development of their product. Um, the last thing would be go to those, go to those conferences. Have a look at what... Um, you know, there, there are so many different things that happen um, at a software company that HR is so aware of because of what they deal with in their own organization, right? Mm-hmm. Every, every HR practitioner that works for a um, medium to large size company knows that every department is like its own city that makes up this country that is your, that is your company. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot like that in um, a tech company, right? You, you, there are different departments that have to work together to produce um, success. And for your, it, it's, so it's really similar, but it's, it's that other side of it. Um, are, we, are we doing benefit? Are we, <laughs> are we bringing <laughs> justice to the world? So um, I, like I, that. I would I like do that a lot of research. I, I would do a lot of research. Thank you. Um, so, so, so I'm going to share a couple of my own thoughts, having lived through this too. Um, I, I completely yeah. agree with the education piece. And, you know, if you, if you reach out to vendors and say, hey, I'm a practitioner, I'm not a buyer, but I'd like to learn more. Um, I promise you, they have somebody there who is learning to do demos and, if you, and, and oh, yeah. isn't quite ready for prime time for sales yet. Like they can use the, the practice. And so if you tell them, like, I just want to learn, like, can you guys do like a half hour demo just to teach me some stuff? They'll do it. If you don't know where to start, um, one reference I will give you, um, look up Talent Tech Labs and look at their ecosystem. They have a fantastic map that they keep updated. 
that shows you like these are all of the players, probably not all the players, but these are players in different areas of that HR tech landscape. Uh, and you yeah. can even look at like, it'll also give you like by size, it'll give you some of that information. So start with the small ones. They're the ones who are more likely to have, again, have somebody who's willing to just sit and talk to you. Um, but they're a fantastic resource. It's free. It's out there on their website. Um, and then just me, again, I, I look at this as a practitioner skill anyway, like learn to do some of the, the non-HR functions, learn to do root cause analysis, um, learn to do troubleshooting, learn to work with some of the other like basic technology pieces and speak that language. And that'll serve you yeah, well, yeah. even if you're going into work in marketing in a tech company, to be technically literate will, will help you overcome any, any potential um, issues you have with credibility with those teams. So just uh, another thing I would add, as you were talking, it, it made me remember um, that really being future thinking, forward thinking is, mm -hmm. is really valuable. If you are thinking that, well, you know, when five years ago, this really worked, you can't, you can't think that way anymore. You know, I, I've, right. I've been with organizations that wanted to do the things the way they did it 10 years ago. And you cannot, you cannot dwell on, in the past, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to Technology. You have to be consistently looking forward, and and it's uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable to be doing something new. It's challenging. It's um, to think new about new ways to do the job. You have to be thinking that way. Your brain has to has to exit out of anything that you did in the past and realize that that's the past, and it's yeah. not going to come back to that. You know, you're not going to come back to sending out sixty thousand emails. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm, right. But I that I've used a lot, that it's not, that's not how it is anymore. Times right. have changed. Technology has changed. The practice has changed. And you know why? Because the employee has changed. So you have to keep up with where the employee is, what, what they do to communicate, what they, uh, what they want, um, how they are going to, what they need in order to be successful. Um, because we want our employees to succeed. That's how the company right. succeeds. For sure. I think it makes perfect sense. And, you know, you talk about sometimes it's, uh, it's uncomfortable, but so I go back to, you know, there are times where growth requires pushing through the soil and that's Absolutely. okay. That's how we get there. Rand, thank yep. you so much for joining me. Uh, this has been a great oh, conversation sure. as always. And, and I hope that there are some folks out there who are listening to this that are interested in tech that want to be part of it, that don't really know how Absolutely. to get in yet. And, uh, and hopefully this gives them some guidance. Well, and so. they for sure can reach out to us. I mean, we're happy to give any advice possible. For sure. Absolutely. So if people want to reach out, <laughs> Rayanne, where do they find you? Oh, they can reach out to me on LinkedIn, um, Rayanne Thorne Kruger on LinkedIn, or they can find me on Twitter, Ray underscore Ann, R-A-Y underscore A-N-N-E, or they can email me at Rayanne, R-A-Y-A-N-N-E, at neverenough.media. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Rayanne is a great resource. So uh, go ahead and flood her inbox because, uh, you know, she doesn't have <laughs> enough to do while she runs her own company. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining <laughs> us, everybody. We will be uh, coming to you from Unleash next week. Um, so there's going to be a ton of content coming your way. If any of you are going to be there in Paris, please drop us a note and let us know. Uh, and if not, we will visit with you all remotely when we are back on the air. Have a great week. <laughs>